Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, everybody, it's another Thursday, and we are here at Book Journeys Radio uh, doing one of my favorite things in the world, talking to authors about how they overcame the obstacles of writing a book and got their message out there in the world making a difference. Uh, Daniel Rechtschaffen is one of those uh, one of those authors. He is the author of The Way of Mindful Education, Cultivating Well-Being in Teachers and Students. Daniel is a marriage and therapy family, a marriage and family therapist, and uh, he is an author. And he's here with us today. Daniel, thanks for being with us. I'm so happy to be with you. Awesome. So. The Way of Mindful Education. This book is for teachers and for students. Tell us what it's about. So the, the book is in a, kind of in four pieces. Um, the first part of it really talks about this, this burgeoning field of mindfulness and emotional intelligence in schools, which is, is really spreading um, throughout, throughout the world um, in different schools and even working with some with the Department of Education. Um, so the beginning of it is really talking about um, this field of bringing um, these mindfulness skills into the classroom. Um, and then there's some really practical um, ways that teachers themselves can learn how to do their, develop their own attention, how they can um, cultivate compassion within themselves, how they can work on their own emotional regulation, working with their own stress. Um, and then the third part of the, the book is, um, really how you can create a mindful learning environment in your school. So how can you bring these, um, you know, if with the, the hearts of the teachers and the students in mind, how can you create a really conscious learning environment? And then the last part is a, really an entire curriculum of a lot of different uh, tools and lessons that can be brought into the classroom and taught um, to the kids themselves. So, so it's a really, it's a, a broad book about how to, integrate mindfulness and social-emotional learning um, into schools. And tell me a little more about the teachers and the students. Are there certain types of schools you're targeting or certain age groups of, of students? Is it specific to America? What, tell me a little more about the population you're trying to reach. Yeah, so it's, it's very broad. Um, obviously, everybody, every kid, every um, – Every teacher has uh, their own stressors, has their own difficulty focusing. Um, and so I work with, you know, kindergarten through tw- uh, 12th grade through high school. Um, and in the book, there's uh, real descriptions of how to work with different age groups. On some level, the practices are the same. Um, and on some sense, they're very different with, a you know, an elementary age population. I talk about how you really need to make these fun games, you know, fun attention games or fun um, understanding how to, you know, be kind to each other. And then um, with high school students, you obviously can do more kind of cognitive-based learning, really teaching them about how their brains work, really teaching them 
um, you know, relationship skills, how to communicate better. Um, and we, I've been, I've been traveling around the, the globe um, and working in private and public schools. And the, the interest is really up everywhere with kids with learning disabilities, with um, kids on the autism spectrum. Obviously, every parent, every teacher is seeing how dysregulated, um, sadly, so many of our students are and are really hungry for, for ways to be able to come in and uh, kind of create readiness for learning instead of just trying to get kids to learn math and science and language. How do we, how do we get them ready to learn? And a big part of that is teaching these basic relaxation skills, these basic um, uh, regulation and focusing skills that mindfulness offers. Hmm. So I know you're a marriage and family therapist. How did you decide to write this book? This seems like maybe a little, is this what you do in your business? So I started, when I started working as a marriage and family therapist, um, I was working as a school therapist. And, um, and you know, I, I had all of these kids being sent in, you know, with ADHD who were having trouble sitting in class or kids with anger management issues. And I started being a, a longtime mindfulness practitioner myself. Um, I started trying to see, I wonder if these practices, you know, focusing on the breath, focusing on physical sensations and difficult emotions, I wonder how these will work with, uh, this was a middle school I was working with, and it worked really amazingly well. These these kids um, really took these these tools in and um, seemed very empowered by them. Um, And at that time, I I didn't really know that there was a movement going on, and that was kind of a beginning period where a few organizations were starting to to go into schools. And um, I live in in the California Bay Area, and um, some of those organizations are out here. And so I started going in and teaching and helping develop some curriculum. And um, so the last 10 years or so, I've kind of been on this, this wave of figuring out the best ways to bring mindfulness uh, into school. So I still I still have a therapy practice, but mostly what I do now is is uh, consult with different schools and school districts um, in how to incorporate these practices. Wow. And so were you doing that before you wrote your book, or did writing your book actually help make that transition for you? So I, writing my book um, – I, I was already doing it before that. I was already leading a conference I lead every year um, at a place called the Omega Institute in New York. I, I've been oh, for, I think, awesome. eight, eight years now. I lead a big conference where I bring together kind of all the, you know, the Zen and um, Daniel Goleman and all the very interesting people in the field of mindfulness and emotional intelligence. So I've been really helping convene a lot of this this uh, this movement. Um, but the, the writing the book definitely um, consolidated a lot of the the work that I was doing and and, and um, brought me more into it as a kind of the main thing that I'm doing. Okay, so give us some of the before and after because that's pretty exciting stuff. I know there are a lot of authors who would love to be running workshops at Omega. So, how have things been different for you after becoming an author? in terms of making contacts with people, getting yeses and, and people to agree to work with you? What what sorts of things have been easier or harder uh, after your book came out? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I hate to let down your listeners, but it hasn't changed that much. Um, my, my, um, it definitely, I get my, my email box is, is uh, twice as full now, which I don't know if is actually a good thing. Um, there's definitely... <laughs> 
there's definitely um, a lot of interesting things, though, that did that have come through. You know, recently I have been um, working with um, the actually the you know the federal Department of Education is interested in starting to use my book as a um, as a training manual for their teachers. Um, and I don't exactly actually know if that's going to ha- end up happening, but um, there's a lot of very interesting I- things like that kind of in the pipeline of people interested in uh, actually bringing this to a kind of higher level of how we can really work, support teachers um, through using the book. Um, I'm also at the moment, one of the ways that it has really changed my life more so than getting opportunities to travel around is that my publisher uh, Norton asked me to turn my book into a, a workbook. And so I've been actually getting the opportunity to to be working as a as a writer. And I travel a bunch, but I'm actually, you know, being able to to support myself to some extent as a writer, which is definitely a dream. I love that you sound surprised by this. You're like, so this thing is <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. I I've been surprised so- that it's been very happy about it. What was your what was your vision before you started this project? What were you trying to create, and how similar or different is what you have? So, good question. Um, I would say that uh, the reason I ended up writing this book was mostly because I've you know I work in classrooms teaching mindfulness and have been doing it for you know maybe 10 years or so and every time I'm in a classroom it every it always goes a little different than I plan it I always bring in my plan and I usually throw my plan out the window about halfway through and um I have yeah. you know, amazing 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 experiences with the kids where you know learning learning how to um learning how to be happy learning how to be grateful learning how to focus and I will end the class and as as somebody who's just always loved writing since always, I um, will always, you know, bring a notebook with me and afterwards just kind of jot down interesting anecdotes or um, or new kind of concepts or a new lesson that kind of ended up uh, coming out. And so I had just, you know, piles and piles and piles of lessons and stories and ideas. And, and so the, the writing of it was, um, was already really happening um, before I ever tried to actually consolidate the the writing and and turn it into something. Um, so on some level, I feel like the book ended up writing me. I actually had the profound uh, opportunity that that my publisher actually approached me rather than me having this giant concept already. So once so I had mm. this massive kind of tome of um, of of writing, and then what I ended up having to do was kind of like hack through it to try to be able to turn it into something that would actually read well. So were you thinking about doing a book when your publisher came to you or did that come out of the book? So I, you know, I, I thank my stars all the time. I, um, the way that the book ended up kind of coming to me was that I, I'd had the idea and I, and I had told at one of the conferences I was leading, I had a conversation with an author um, about how I would had always, you know, how I had all this writing together and how I would love to actually put something together. Um, and this author was I, um, published by Norton as well, and they said to, and I guess Norton approached them and said, hey, we're interested in trying to publish a book on 
mindfulness and education. And he said, oh, I, I know somebody who's doing that. And so they, they uh, you know, the universe conspired to, to put that land, that one right on my lap. And, um, and so I, I'd been thinking about it for a while and kind of hoping to do it, but hadn't quite gotten it together. So, so I wouldn't say that. That's not a recommendation long, to most authors. Just to right, that doesn't around. sound like a strategy. So, but <laughs> how long from when they approached you until your book was done? Tell us about tell us about that journey and what the what the book writing and book creation journey was like for you. Um, so that you know, I I went pretty quick with it. I think it was about eight months or so, um, or nine months maybe a good gestation phase. Um, and I really just, I luckily had been, been leading, I'd been leading this kind of year long teacher training the year before. And I, that had finished and I didn't exactly know what I was going to be doing. Um, you know, I've got a lot of things that I do, but I actually had a decided to take a, a good chunk of time. So I was able to be working pretty full time, um, on the book and for whatever reason, the energetic was, aligned that um i just i dove into it and and a lot of people would ask me like how was it that you got the motivation for it but my you know my wife could could tell you very well that like it was more that she would have to pull me away from the writing rather than me needing to do it i was i was i got a bit obsessive about it in a very in a good way i was just really excited and energized and um you know, recently I was talking with a, a wonderful, uh, the author Esther Perel, who's an amazing, um, wrote the book Mating in Captivity. And um, uh, she was her. saying, she's an amazing, amazing writer and speaker. And she said to me, yeah, my first book just kind of plowed through me. And then, you know, the book I'm right, working on now is this kind of grueling experience. And um, that was, bef- I, I had that conversation before I kind of really dove into this second book of mine and I'm actually having the same experience where that first it was just such a labor of love it was just you know kind of flowing through me I'd already written so much and now the second time it's more you know the last one I was just rolling downhill this one I'm I'm hiking uphill and I don't exactly know know why but um, hmm. it, yeah. and and what's the story with your second book was that idea also pitched to you or was it an idea that you came up with this was also pitched to me. I mean, this was my my um, publisher Norton. They rec- they asked if I wanted to turn the book that I already wrote, The Way of Mindful Education, into um, kind of a more of a workbook curriculum for teachers. So right now it it has a curriculum in it, but um, this next version is really going to be something that you know could be could be given to you know a school system as a as a workbook as a curriculum for for teachers. So. I'm actually just adapting the book that I already wrote um, and putting, you know, more oh, or less. this in, is the workbook that you were talking about. Exactly, exactly. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So let's talk about what are some of the lessons that you learned um, in writing the book? What What are some of the things that you think – made this uh, a positive experience for, for you in terms of writing it uh, and sort of getting it done, working with your publisher? What were some of the big takeaways that you would want to make sure that you're doing again next time? Well, I, I had I had a realization 
today, actually, or, or maybe last night, I was um, reading a, a book, a, a book that's out right now called the Teen, the Teenage Brain, which is a mm-hmm. very fascinating book, um, and it was actually talking about how the woman, who's the author, was talking about how you know you have to work with your, you know, teenagers are kind of like adults, but really they're still kids, and you need to teach them. Mm-hmm like how to, where to sit when they're doing their homework and how to not have their, you know, cell phone next to them and how, you know, you have to actually still regulate them. And I realized, was realizing in reading it how much that's true for me sometimes as well. Um, and realizing that the first time I wrote my book, I created this, this space in my office, which was really deliberate. So I have two different desks, one of which is a kind of sitting desk where I sit down on the ground and, I never let my computer touch it. I just sit there and kind of, you know, meditate and just kind of think about things and then write by hand on paper. And that's where I, that's where the kind of creativity flows. And I really like to create time where I'm just kind of sitting and allowing the words to come, allowing the concepts to come. And it's a, you know, it's a beautiful. I enjoy that place, that desk a lot, where I'm just kind of meditating on these on these concepts. And then once I have a bunch out, then I go to my other desk, which is across the room, and it's, you know, your just usual desk with a chair, and that's where my computer is, and then I put all of it into there, and that's where I, when kind of the other type of side of my brain jumps in, and I start needing to put it together and form it and make it, make it work and edit it and um, and that side is much harder for me, actually, to, to, but it, but obviously utterly necessary because it can't just be the raw information that comes to me. Um, so one thing that I really learned, and I still, I woke up this morning and I kind of, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten to do that <laughs> this time, and I rearranged my my office to go back into this setting where uh, where I realized I I really need to create an environment in which that creativity can come through me and where I'm not just kind of sitting and sometimes can kind of get lost looking on the computer at kind of concepts and doing this, but to really create a space in which the writing is going to flow. Yeah, I love the the kind of the environment and the effect that has on you. Do you incorporate mindfulness into your writing practice? Which Is that an example of mindfulness? It, it is, yeah. I definitely incorporate mindfulness, and I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm leading a, um, a training this summer, uh, or actually next uh, fall at, at the Esalen Institute, which is a beautiful place down in uh, on the coast of California, called um, Meditative Writing, um, which I'm leading mm. with a, a friend of mine who's a poet. Um, so we're doing doing mindfulness and writing together, and the, the, you know, there's this beautiful thing for me is is that. If I'm, if, you know, doing in my usual life and talking on the phone and looking at things on the internet, and then I try to write, there's so many kind of cobwebs of thoughts all over the place that, um, you know, my writing isn't going to be as fluid. My my concepts aren't going to be as fluid. But when I'm able to actually sit and have a kind of still mind and um, be able to be in a more contemplative space then the the words that end up coming out, the concepts that, that come out, the insights that I end up writing, I feel like are, are far more helpful and more, far more uh, insightful. Mm. 
Yeah, I had somebody on the show once, and I was asking him the same question. I was asking him, like, what are some of your tips? And he talked about the role that walking his dog played in writing his book. And so he was home a lot more, and instead of just leaving his dog outside, he would take these writing breaks where he would walk his dog, and he'd be writing and feeling like he was doing good, like he was on track, he was writing words, and then he'd take a break to walk the dog, and he'd come back from the dog walk, and he'd have like a million ideas, and they were better, and he was writing faster and more energized just from sort of stepping away from the intensity of that project, and I thought that was an awesome reason to get a dog. I <laughs> thought so that was a really step, step away great from way the vehicle. to sort of step away from the vehicle, exactly. I, I, it's a very, um, I, I find it a lot. It's very easy to get caught in something, and whether it, it's me, like, going out into my garden or whether it's me shifting to writing about something else, you know, and something that's a little easier, and then I come back, so... That's that's a really important, especially something like walking your dog or meditating or taking a you know walk up in the woods, um, gardening. Something that's actually much more embodied and present. Then I I'll mm. be able to come back with a kind of fresh. My mind will be fresh rather than just kind of. Sometimes the mind gets tense, which is where, where you know mindfulness is really helpful because when the mind is tense is really clear ways just to stop and breathe and sit for a couple of minutes and let the mind kind of relax and open and yeah, it's very helpful. So what for you, what have been the best things to come out of having your own book? I know you said not a lot has changed. Um and so maybe they're not external changes, but even internally, what do you think are um some of the best things to come out of being an author? Yeah, you know, one one of the interesting things that has come out is that I give a lot of talks and I do a lot of trainings and um I'm I'm sitting here and my book is sitting next to me and it it's it's amazing to have all of this kind of whole conceptual framework that I've been kind of working on and thinking about for all these years in this kind of holdable Holdable book, right here. Here it is. Here's mm. my here's my thought construct. And one, you know, one of the very kind of simple things about it is, when I'm leading a training, I actually reference my book all the time. I'm thinking like, oh yeah, there's this quote, and then I realize, oh yeah, I put that in my book, and I'll be able to just look <laughs> into it. And so it it actually is really helpful to have, um, you know, to be able to reference, you know, to to have, tell people, oh yeah, check check this out in my book and. And if a school is interested, I'll say, okay, here, and I'll send them my book and say, this is, you know, if you're if you're interested in what I do, here, check out this book. And, and it's it's a very big calling card um, that that will really show people um, if they're if they are interested in the work that I'm doing. And um, and I think that, that I did a really good job of synthesizing not only my work but a lot of the work in this field, so that people can can check it out and see if they like it or not, and then. Um, and and then I end up when I'm working with with folks, they already have a sense of me and the work that we're doing. So there's there's a kind of jump right there. Yeah. Um, Daniel Rechtschaffen is the author of The Way of Mindful Education: Cultivating Wellbeing in Teachers and Students. I recommend you go to mindfuleducation.com. This is Daniel's website. And the thing I think that you will find interesting is um, you see how his work ties in with his book, um, speaking 
speaking events in California and New York, PR events, um, but then also, um, you, you know, products uh, that he offers, classes he offers, and you can really see how the book ties into uh, the whole package of working with Daniel. That is, as an author, I think a great way to think about getting your your body of ideas out there in an organized way. So it doesn't stop with the book. The book is just uh, one way that you'll meet some people or to take your relationships deeper with some people. Um, but, uh, but I think it's a great way to kind of tie everything together. So I, I love this website. I think you should all check it out. We've got a couple minutes left in an our. In our final minutes, what I would love to hear um, from you is what what is the advice that you give people who say they want to write a book? What's the what's the advice? What's something you wish maybe you did a little differently or that you would do differently next time? And and let's just leave people with a tip that they can take with them and hopefully apply to their practice. Yeah. So. I actually I have a few friends who are writing books right now, and so I've been been working with them um, in trying to help them get to that that process. Um, you know, a big piece of it is right from the beginning is just really asking yourself why you're writing the book, and and really getting into um, really getting into your your world of what is what is this book for you? Why is it, why is it coming through you? Um, I, I'm a big fan, even though mine ended up being grabbed before I may even be been ready for it, um, is to, to actually let it kind of gestate, let it be there with you. Let be really kind of close to it. If you have a full book, um, there's so many, you know, ways that you can look up online around, you know, creating proposals and doing all of, of that work. But, um, I think that the the first piece is is as I did for probably about maybe seven years, where I was really kind of holding it holding it in and I kind of not even really talking to many people about it and just kind of writing and writing and kind of mm. being interested and in playing with it here and there and having a relationship with my book. I had a very deep relationship with it, and luckily I'd never even had to push it. Um, but the first piece is just to have this very deep kind of long-term relationship with the, with the art that you're creating. I love that. Have a deep long-term relationship with the art you're creating. Daniel Rechtschaffen, I'm going to spell that for you people because it's so fun. Uh, (laughs) R-E-C-H-T-C-H-A-F as in Frank E-N, Daniel Rechtschaffen, you can find his book, The Way of Mindful Education, Cultivating Well-Being in Teachers and Students at MindfulEducation.com. And I'm going to guess at Amazon.com as well. Yes? Yeah. Awesome. The yeah, Way of thank Mindful you so Education. much. Um, pick up a copy of that book. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing your book journey with us. Thank you. It's been great. Awesome. And we will be back next week, changing the world, one book at a time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.